0: Let's go, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to episode seven of the Founding Fellows podcast. As always, I'm your co host, Zach Rancer, joined by Braden Hine. Braden, what's up, buddy?
1: I uh, just finished watching the Canada game, five nothing over Russia, just a thrashing. Canada looked really good. Devin Levi looked phenomenal. Um, I'm assuming we're going to be playing the U.S. In, in the finals. What is your take on it?
0: Sorry, what was the score again? You just said it uh, five nothing. Five nothing. Shot out, five goals. That's pretty good, isn't it?
1: Right, last last I checked, it was.
0: <laughs> that's not bad. That's not bad. So, yeah, it was a rematch of the gold medal game in last year's tournament, and Canada was victorious once again, so it's great to see in semifinal action of the World Jays tournament there. So, yeah, if I were a betting man, which I am, I would uh, definitely bet on U.S. winning the game tonight against Finland, the other semifinal game, and we will see a Finland-Canada final, or U.S.-Canada final, in uh, in two days' time, we're gonna see Finland and Russia tomorrow. If I were to if I were to guess, so.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, score, I say five one U.S. tonight. Tonight. I think it's a bit bold, but a five one.
0: Man, the U.S. They have a very good team. I haven't seen them as much since they're uh, playing in the other division. And yeah.
1: uh, Zegres, though has been lighting the lamp.
0: Yeah, and Caulfield looks real good for those Montreal Canadiens fans out yeah. there.
1: Yeah, he had a nice goal the other day, but he was a bit quiet at times and people were getting a bit antsy. But I think he's uh, he's just kind of shows what he can do. He can kind of come out of nowhere and just snipe. That's disgusting.
0: You think he's like a Patrick Lane type player? Obviously, completely different body sizes, but like Patrick Lane went ghost last year for like 20 something games where he didn't even record a single tuck. So, yeah. Do you think there's potential for that with Cole Caulfield or do you think he'll be a consistent scorer in the NHL?
1: Uh, You know, it's hard to tell. I don't want to jinx him and say, He's going to be consistent. And, you know, it, it's hard to find consistency in the NHL, especially. So I don't want to jinx him. I think the Montreal Canadian staff, including Mark Bergevin, obviously believe that he can be consistent. I think he has a skill set to be consistent. Um, and he doesn't really seem to have that attitude that Line a has that maybe diminishes his ability to be consistent. He seems to be so enthralled in things off the ice, where I feel like Caulfield has that, you know, almost that level of maturity that, uh, doesn't always come with time, as you can see with some players in the in the current NHL.
0: Yeah, yeah, he probably plays a little bit less Fortnite than uh, Patrick Lane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> probably.
0: There's some big Lane trade rumors swirling. Eh? Have you seen seen yeah. any of those?
1: Well, I saw one for Dubois, but then Dubois signed hours later. In, yeah, in uh, Columbus. I,
0: apparently, he stills like is wants a team to explore trade options for him though. So, uh,
1: that well, signing. I think it'd it be missed. a good. I think it'd be a good spot for him, Winnipeg.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Be a good number two center behind Shifley.
1: Yeah, and I think Lonnie would probably hate his life in Columbus, but maybe that's what he needs. He'd be out of the spotlight.
0: Yeah, a little bit less pressure, and, right? A smaller yeah, market. and
1: maybe that's what he needs, right, to, to become consistent. Who knows?
0: Yeah, you can definitely see that uh, from time to time where players, they kind of are in a big city, big center, you know, and then they they go elsewhere to a smaller center and they really explode and they kind of find their own and they're able to excel. Yeah. at the professional level. So,
1: And speaking of the NHL, I did see some news of possible ads on the helmet. Has that been approved?
0: Yeah, and they rolled them out today. So a couple of Scotiabank ads on, I know the Calgary Flames helmets for sure and the the Leafs helmet. The logos look good. It's like, it's just a Scotiabank S, like the logo. It's not the full word Scotiabank or anything like that. It's an added revenue source for the league in a season where they're not going to get, you know, the gate sales and that they're used to getting and they're not... They're not going to be selling as many jerseys and stuff at games. And like it's it's going to be a massive decline in revenue this year. But, yeah, so they brought in helmet ads, and that's going to hopefully kickstart some things. And I saw, like I said, the Scotiabank ones look good. But the Penguins are rolling with PPG, which is, you know, whatever. Uh, Got to get a sponsor on there, increase their revenue. But, dude, it's a, like a baby blue PPG logo, and it just looks horrible on the Penguins helmets. Like,
1: oh, jeez. Yeah. I think the Habs went with Bell, which makes sense.
0: The Bell Center, yeah. Scotiabank yeah. Center as well for the mm-hmm. Leafs. So it's kind of probably you'll see the team's biggest sponsors get that helmet spot as well, which makes complete sense.
1: Yeah. I don't uh I don't mind it. It's gonna be one of those things that we kind of just grow accustomed to and we're probably by the end of the, you know, next come next year, we're not even gonna be talking about it. It's just gonna probably become a permanent extra source of revenue.
0: Yeah, so it is on a one year trial basis. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting if they bring it next year as well, which you know, I, I think it will. well, it's an added revenue stream why wouldn't they, right? And it's
1: Yeah, and it's just one of those things, right? Some people are going to be up in arms, but most people are understanding right now. They're like it's pandemic, revenue is yeah. way down. We want an NHL. We're grateful to have an NHL. Okay, I'm okay with it. Come next year. You know, we hardly notice them on the helmets anymore.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's something like the NBA jerseys, right? They got uh, Jersey ads a couple of years ago and I, I wouldn't want to see Jersey ads in the NHL, not as no, of yet, No. but yeah, helmet ads, you know, it, it is what it is we get to watch hockey. So let's just yep. be happy about that.
1: Yep. And speaking of other sports, NFL huge Sunday. Now we have the playoff picture. Uh, do you want to give us a little run through? Do you have it pulled up? I do if you don't.
0: Yeah, I've got it pulled up here and I just want to touch on something uh, before we get going there. I am a Cleveland Browns fan. And okay. uh, I am so fired up there in the playoffs for the first, first time in 18 years. So fired up, I can't even talk properly. But Baker Mayfield led them to a uh, wildcard seed, and they're going to play the Steelers in uh, wildcard weekend next week. So, yeah, I've got the, the schedule here. So we're going to see the Indianapolis Colts play the Buffalo Bills next Saturday at 1.05 p.m. all Eastern time. And then Sunday, we've got uh, the Browns at Steelers. At 8.15, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then the Baltimore Ravens are playing the Tennessee Titans at one o five p.m. on Sunday. So that's what we've got for the AFC conference there. Now switching over to the NFC, what we've got Sunday, where we're going to watch the Bears and Saints. So that's the Chicago Bears and the New Orleans Saints play at 4.40 on Sunday. And then we're going to have the Rams play the Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson there at Saturday, 4.40 p.m., and then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is Tom Brady's new team, are playing the Washington Football Team at eight <laughs> fifteen PM on Saturday of next weekend. So we've got a wildcard weekend's looking good this year. No, you a football fan?
1: Uh, I'm like a casual fan. I like to watch. I know there's something like homely about it. If I'm ever kind of feeling astray on a Sunday, you know, some of those gloomy Sundays, you kind of just feel like, oh, it's it's miserable. I don't really know what to do with myself. I'm kind of just. It's like melancholic, right? And yeah, if I throw on football, usually that it's like a remedy for that. It has been since I was a kid. I don't follow it. There's been a couple of seasons I, I followed it close closer because I was in in pools and, and leagues for it. But this time around, I'm I've just become pretty casual. I like to watch the players. I like I'm a big Tom Brady guy. So obviously I'm hoping the Bucs can beat the Washington football team. Uh, I don't see them getting by the Packers if they do, but you know, who knows? Brady in the playoffs, absolutely lethal. And if I'm gonna pick who's coming out of the NFC, I'm probably gonna go, you know, Saints, yep. Chargers, okay, Bucks, Packs. Then I'm probably gonna go Packers, Saints, and then I'm going Packers to Super Bowl.
0: Packers are gonna win the Super Bowl.
1: No, I'm saying they're gonna make the Super Bowl for oh, okay. the make AFC. To the Super Bowl. AFC, I'm gonna have I'm gonna Tennessee. You're gonna have the Steelers. And you're going to have, I want to say the Bills, but uh, I don't want to jinx them, You know, it's one of those things. I, yeah. don't, I like the Bills. I'm going to say the Bills. Uh, actually, you know what? I think the Browns could upset Pittsburgh, to be honest. So I'm going to take, I would love to see that. I'm going to oh. take Bills, Browns, Tennessee Chiefs. Then I'm going to take Chiefs, Bills. And then I'm taking Chiefs, Super Bowl. I think the it's, it's going to be Chiefs, Packers. Chiefs are going to win. I'm so
0: saying. the Chiefs will be back-to-back Super Bowl champs.
1: And I say it's going to be 44 to 23, Super Bowl victory.
0: 44 23. All right. You know what? I can't. Uh,
1: I feel like that's pretty
0: accurate. Yeah, I will. Uh, Colts at Bills. We're going to see the Bills win there. Uh, Browns at Steelers. I got to go with my Browns. Ravens at Titans. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's going to beat out uh, the Titans there, I think. Okay. Um, And then wild card weekend on the NFC side. Saints for sure are going to beat the Bears. Mm-hmm. And then I think uh, Seahawks should be able to handle the Rams, and uh, I think Tampa Bay, with uh, being led by Tom Brady, there's going to be able to beat the Washington football team. As far as my Super Bowl picks go, I it's tough. I'm gonna go Seahawks. Seahawks versus wow. Seahawks versus Browns. Obviously, Browns are going all the way this year, and Browns are gonna win.
1: And what's the score of that game?
0: like a hundred to nothing, probably. Uh, <laughs> no, not realistically. Um, 35 to 21. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm So going to roll with. Have I ever told you the story about how I became a Cleveland Browns fan?
1: Nope. Tell me.
0: So up until a couple of years ago, I actually didn't follow football at all. I'd, I was never like brought up on it. My dad describes the NFL as men in tight pants jumping on each other, <laughs> which I mean is, He's it's kind of role. accurate. Yeah, he's not far off. It's that's definitely one way to look at it. But yeah, I just became a fan because I, I looked at the standings and I, I was like, Yeah, you know what? Another sport to get into. Let's get into it. So I looked at the standings, found the team at the bottom, Cleveland Browns, 0-16 season. I was like, you know what? You gotta you can't go onto a bandwagon. I can't be like a Pats fan or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like I can't just hop on a bandwagon. Let's go with uh, the Cleveland Browns. And you know, Cleveland's it's not too far from Windsor where I was living at the time. I mean, it's not the Detroit Lions, but, and they had Baker Mayfield coming in who just drips. The guy is – he drips so hard. I I love Baker Mayfield, and they – yeah, they had the number one pick, so I was like, yeah, let's ride with the Browns. So ever since I've uh, rode with the Browns there – so I haven't been a fan for the full 18 years that they've missed the playoffs for consecutively, but I am so fired up when they got in this year.
1: No, it's exciting, and I I respect that. It was almost similar when – I played a lot, I started playing a lot of FIFA and I had some friends in high school that actually really liked soccer. So I was like, you know what, I'm I'm vibing with this shit. Like I gotta pick a team, they're kind of on my back, pick a team, pick a team, get into it. I said, okay, you know what, i am getting into it. This is probably like grade 11. And I looked in the standings, I started to pay attention. And that was the year that United finished sixth or seventh. And this was like kind of, you know, the low peak for Manchester United at the time, right? They had- The dog some, days. Yeah, it was the dog days and since then since i've become a fan we have not won the league title we have not won the premier league and there's actually i take some pride in that because you know you hear a manchester united fan everyone's kind of like oh like fuck you you know what i mean like blah blah, blah the history and this that i came in there when the team sucked and the team has not won the premier league since so i don't ever want to be called the bandwagoner because it's it's the furthest thing from the truth
0: you want to know how i became a Man U fan a bandwagon <laughs> yeah just rode the bandwagon no my uh i i don't know how i got this soccer ball i think my dad bought it for me or something when i was playing like u10 no u12 i think it was he bought me uh just this bright red manchester united soccer ball and i was like and then i just had that ball for like three four years and i just loved it i would yeah. i live uh pretty close to the soccer fields here so i would go over to like the fields and stuff and just kick this man U ball around so i that's how I became a man U fan. No bandwagon here either. We're not bandwagoners. That.
1: Yeah, no, I like that. My, actually, my grandma shout out to shout out to my grandma. She uh <clears throat> my Scottish grandmother, she used to spend half her year in, in Scotland, I believe. I don't know if it was exactly a half a year, but um she'd always send me the like the newest Manchester United shirt over. Love every that every year. I've got some sick ones. Like, like, I like I got that blue one from me a few years ago. I missed it on that leopard print one from like last year, two years ago, which is a sick jersey. I'll probably try and buy that off one of those like retro sites in the UK um but yeah no, she'd send me the the shirts over and so i got a pretty nice collection of shirts now as well but
0: i was a big fan of wayne rooney as well oh yeah, i loved him he was that, so that,
1: cool. yeah, right when i came in it was like it was rooney it was a rooney show and i fucking loved yeah. that guy my dad yeah, was
0: born oh. in england as well so i was like yeah he's an english national teamer right and I was,
1: yeah I was, does your dad yeah. like football or soccer
0: uh he was like my coach growing up but like he doesn't follow it or anything religiously exactly. um yeah, he just he was born in England. He moved over to Canada when he was like nine months, something like that. So unfortunately no oh, okay. British accent. Yeah. He's kind of a poser. Yeah. But he's
1: a big uh, time poser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, he was always my soccer coach growing up. So he got me into the sport, but uh, not really as far as the professional level. That was that was that red man U ball.
1: Yeah, no, it's interesting, like some of the parallels that we have with the UK in particular, right? Especially our culture. But it's it's funny some of them how how they hold true and some others or others don't, right? We're, we're, not, we're not as big into soccer over here. They don't give a rat's ass about hockey. Yeah,
0: um, we you obviously us, in the EIHL. Yeah,
1: yeah, seriously. But even though we t- we're essentially our society is, is formed off of the UK, a little bit of France, obviously, European percent, but uh, even our government. Right. Even our government's yep. the exact same, essentially, in, in terms of structure. But speaking of government, I wanted to get into this topic. Justin Trudeau, where the fuck is he? No one where? knows where he is.
0: Yeah, that is an excellent question. He has been a bit of a ghost. Like, is well, he, there's that, did you hear about the jet that went down to
1: Barbados? I did. I did. And it's sketchy evidence, but like, hear us out, hear us out, right? Like he's vacationed in the tro- in tropical destinations the last three years at this time. One of which was an ethics violation. That was his friend, the Khan's island. And that was a hundred percent, like they they came out and said that was an ethics violation. All he had to do was apologize, right? You yeah. imagine this time around you had, you just had the Ontario finance minister, Rod Phillips had had to resign because he was down in St. Bart's or wherever he was. You had a, um, and this is actually, this is kind of funny. You had a, a liberal MP or MPP. Uh, one of the two that was, did something similar and she only resigned from, or stepped down from a post. I don't believe she actually resigned. That was in Alberta, from, right? Uh, that one might've been in Ontario. There's been a bunch, man. There's been a uh, bunch. There was one
0: in Alberta where like, I think it was, a, yeah, it was an MPP as well. Went to Hawaii or something with her family and then she resigned as well. Like, it's, yeah. it's interesting. Do you think it's uh there's a bit of hypocrisy going on there with the politicians saying, yeah, you know, don't leave your house unless it's like for essential stuff. And then they're traveling to like St. Bart's and you know, Hawaii places like that. Like what, what's your take on that?
1: I think it's big time, but I just want to clarify quick what I was saying. Um, yeah, I believe the the liberal I was talking about actually resigned from her government roles, so I don't believe she actually stepped down as a member of parliament. So I believe whatever role she had in government, she stepped down from. But it, um, what I'm reading now from the global news headline is that's that's what they're going with. They're not. Uh, she's still calling herself a member of parliament, so I don't believe she actually stepped down from parliament. But she stepped so she down from stepped her government down, role, like from but, a
0: cabinet role or something like uh, that. I think she
1: was a secretary of something and. And I'm assuming the cabinet she stepped down. Um, okay. So yeah, and I believe I just want to get this clear for the for the listeners. Rod Phillips resigned entirely, did he not?
0: Uh that's a finance minister in in Ontario. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Did he resign from the role or from yeah, yeah. the cabinet?
0: He, I think he resigned like from oh, everything. Yeah,
1: from the MPP position. Yeah, confirmed. Blog to you. Okay, we can move on from that. Now, to your question, hypocrisy. 100. percent It's disgusting. Like you have all these people suffering over Christmas. Our last episode, we kind of got sentimental with that, kind of telling people you're not alone. And you have these politicians who are giving it to us and grilling us. And, you know, did you see what happened in Quebec
0: with the police, o- the,
1: the arrests? These police officers showed up to a, a house party in quotations. I'm throwing up for people listening. I think it was six people in the house. The neighbors tattled. They came in with force. They were throwing a guy around in the yard, arresting him, screaming, it was, a, it was a nightmare because you have six people in your home. Yeah. Now, I'm sure there's more context to that, but nothing excuses that. You have a fucking, probably five, six police officers show up to your house for a party of six people because it's Christmas time and you're not supposed to in Quebec. If that's not government overreach, what the fuck is? Mm-hmm. Like, you should be scared, man. We should be scared as Canadians that that was allowed to happen. Law enforcement thinks they can do that because you had six people in your house. Think of that, six people in your house. Yeah. And they can use They can use force like that on you.
0: Now there's two sides to every story. So I want exactly. to hear what, uh, like when we're never those, that's the thing with those, like those stories like that, it's so tough to determine where the, the truth lies. Well, there right? is a
1: video, there is a video though. Um,
0: but is a video like recording everything? Like what? Well, led that's up that's, to yeah, that's what I was saying, saying. Like, right. Like we, that, we
1: don't right? know the, the beginning. It starts at the the police are kind of getting rough and then
0: yeah, I know nothing about this incident, so I don't want to touch yeah, on it.
1: I, I looked into it, but that was pretty much all I could dig up on it. Um yeah. but it was actually covered by some fairly reputable people on, on Twitter. We're actually discussing it in depth. So that's why I thought it'd be okay to kind of bring it up. Um but yeah, you know, the hypocrisy is insane. You have people getting mauled in their, you know, in their front gardens there because they have six people in their house, yet you can fly around the world and, and vacation on the beach with your family. And especially the liberal party that we'll throw out that privilege remark and and all this crap about conservatives all the time right that they're not for the middle class and this garbage and this bull and you know talk about privilege here down in you know same wherever you are Barbados St. Barts Hawaii wherever it is you're traveling you're on a nice beach when most Canadians are you know forcibly being told to stay in their homes and to not have people in their homes it's it's disgusting like what do you, what do you think
0: I think it's very interesting because there's no law that's uh, forbidding people to travel right now. Like, I think from a a political standpoint, it's absolutely hypocritical because mm-hmm. these people are these politicians, right, are telling people to stay inside and like not travel and stuff like that, but then they are going to travel, but they're not breaking a law. So I don't understand necessarily the level at which the kickback has has been seen other than like I understand with like the Rod Phillips situation where he was trying to deceive uh, Canadians and stuff like that with his Pancake Tuesday posts and stuff like that that like basically pre-recorded content that for like holidays that fell on his vacation. Then he basically tried to make it look like he was still in Canada. Like I don't think anybody should be traveling necessarily right now for non-essential work, but there's also no – no law against it. So I don't, I don't understand why these politicians are being chastised to the amount that they are because they're not technically breaking any laws, but they absolutely are being hypocrites. So
1: yeah, well, it's tough. Well, how is it supposedly against the law? Quotations again, to have X amount of people in your house, you know, seven, under 10 people in your house, how in God's name is that supposedly against the law? But it's not against a lot of travel. I could just meet up with my, my friends and family at the airport, hop on a plane together and go mingle at whatever the fuck I want.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's definitely issues with the lockdown uh, protocols and stuff like that. Like I read something on Twitter that was pretty accurate, right? Like you're in Ontario right now, you're not allowed more than five people or something like that in your house. And you're not allowed to gather in groups of 10 or more or something like that. I don't know exactly what it is, but then they went on to talk about the social interactions in the context that the, for example, Rod Phillips would have had on his trip down to St. parts So Maybe he took a taxi to the airport. Then he talked to some flight attendants. Uh, you know, got some food from an airport cafe or something like that. Then he's in contact with all the people on those planes. Then he takes a taxi to the resort that he's staying at down in Saint Bart's. And then, you know, he's got house cleaners and stuff. So basically, he really exceeded the the personal bubble there. So that's got to be the issue with travel there and the the level of hypocrisy um, within the government. You know, yeah. going on vacations like if you're not telling people that it's that they should stay home and stuff like that then by all means travel like do whatever you want if just don't break the law so it's it's tough these laws that are being put in place and trying to determine what's right what's wrong like even i know when windsor went into the gray zone or the red zone or the gray zone i'm like what are like what are we allowed to do what are the differences i don't know if i'm breaking a law right now like i don't know if i'm doing something irresponsible or am i gonna well, get I, fined I for know. this
1: like, I, I don't know if it's law or if it's like bylaw
0: It's bylaws, Um, I think.
1: So we should probably get a lawyer on it. Thankfully, I worked with some. Um, We should actually, I should probably reach out and try and get a lawyer on here to kind of run us through the actual legalities behind this as long as they don't
0: bill us per hour Can't yeah for that seriously seriously Ad revenue hasn't been great but so even
1: far. even going back to that quebec party and this this will tie back into what we're talking about right now so the cnn covered it police arrest two people and find six for violating quebec's COVID 19 lockdown orders at seven per person house party so one man is expected to face charges of assaulting a police officer and resisting arrest so they tried to arrest him
0: okay there well there you go um, there's your issue as to why there was uh you know kind of a housing situation going on the guy was resisting arrest and
1: but it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that you know two people were arrested one person's facing charges so why was the other person arrested because of the lockdown orders that they broke but if it's a bylaw then how are the police allowed to use force to arrest someone that's why it's all tricky. How can they just write into law? All of a sudden you can't have this many people in your house. That's unconstitutional. It makes sense to be a bylaw. You can find, you can have the fines, right?
0: Maybe they assaulted the police officer or something before, like they were like trying to give tickets or something like that. And then but I think they'd be the officer was assaulted. And then, then that's grounds for arrest.
1: She, she was refusing to identify herself, which apparently you can be incarcerated for when yeah, you're think in, you when to... you're, But when you're, when you're in a household and they don't have a warrant to enter the household that's what i'm saying it's 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 sketchy man whatever way you want to paint it it's sketchy
0: yeah there's definitely some issues with how it's set up right now but there's also i don't know
1: i'm not i'm not arguing that there should be limits on people's houses i don't think i think coronavirus is very serious you know what i mean i'm just talking you know from a perspective of people's rights cuz i think that's important to cover I, I honestly think we need to get someone on here that's an expert that can kind of run through with it cuz i don't know It's bylaws, law, like you know, fines. If you can be incarcerated, like we have no idea. I mean, we're just kind of talking about what we're given in the media, but it's kind of, it's not really enough. But, but, anyways, we don't know. There's definitely been a. Yeah,
0: there's been a. Is that what we're talking about?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what we're talking about. But you can continue your thought if you want. I
0: mean, cut you off. No, I was just gonna say, just to wind that topic up. There's just an absolute lack of clarity at what's you know what's allowed and what's not allowed under the different levels of lockdown like there's green yellow orange red gray complete lockdown like there's too many stages just simplify it and you know what uh people just do what they've got to do for a couple months and grind it out we're going to be through the end of this soon we're well over halfway and you know it's going to get a little worse before it gets better here but uh it will get better soon so
1: yep Yep, for sure, for sure. But uh yeah, we don't know where Trudeau is. He hasn't updated where he is. You're talking about a plane that may have landed in Barbados that may have been his. He has a track record of being unethical around this time of year with his vacation destinations. Uh should be cause for concern. Everyone's calling kind of saying, you know, where are you? Um we have no idea. Literally no idea.
0: Yeah, I heard that he might be at his uh his cottage up in like I think it's like Quebec, northern like not northern Quebec, but like a little bit north of Montreal area or something like that. Uh, they just did like a $10 million renovation on that, Cotty. So I, I heard Shout that he might taxpayers. be up there. Yeah. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Um, I would like to assume that he's not outside of the country right now because he, that would be the dumbest move that any politician has maybe ever made in Canada. Like,
1: well, he's done a lot of dumb ones. So it'd just be I, he'd probably get away with it knowing him
0: yeah well if he's gonna do it you gotta be sneaky about it
1: like it's i don't know man boggles my mind boggles Mm -hmm. my mind let's let's go back to sports though something a bit more light i wanted to talk about did you watch the garcia campbell fight the other day boxing fight
0: no um what was on at the same time i don't know there was something else on at the same time and i saw that it uh it, it was on. I think I was watching football or something like that. Okay. Uh, instead Dude, it of was
1: fight, a but. sick fight. It was a sick fight. So Ryan Garcia, for those of you who don't know, I believe he's 22 years old, up and coming boxer. I believe 21 and 0 now, but this is his first big fight against one of the big boys. He's had professional fights, obviously. Oh, this is his first big one on the big stage and he delivered. You know, He kind of came in. This is They're talking about him possibly being a generational boxer. He has the fastest hands I've ever seen, arguably that anyone's ever seen in boxing. He's insane. His hands are insane, very flat footed boxer. But he gets over that with how fast he is. I've never seen anything like it. It's insane. But he's fighting Campbell, who is actually a gold medalist in the Olympics. He was successful amateur career. And then he actually had two two shots at the title and he blew it. And this was kind of going to be a stepping stone to get another title shot. But Garcia looked amazing. Garcia got knocked down in the second round for the first time in his career. bounced back up like a pro. He actually dropped his right glove a little bit after like a little faint body shot. and he took it like a professional. This was, that, was the, that was like literally the TSN turning point for him. He, get, he got knocked down for the first time in his career. He got up. You he heard him in the corner. Saying, I know you know you let the glove down. He says, I fucking know. So you don't know how it's going to go. He's either too pissed and rattled, or He's gonna he's gonna throw it away or he's gonna dial back, in. He back. And he dials back. any he won every single round except for the, the round he got knocked down. I think it was a seventh round, KO, hit him in the liver, dropped him, done. And it was just this kid's going to be an amazing boxer. This is a guy that was like he was big on Instagram, wasn't he? He's huge on Instagram, millions
0: and millions of followers. Um, His name's Ryan Garcia. For those of you with Instagram, check him out. Yeah. yep he's a yeah, i remember that's where i that's where i saw him first and i just remember like his videos like just with punching bags and stuff like that he lights the things up it's insane he's so powerful
1: no he's not and he's Quick. lightweight he's lightweight he's I think he's five eleven, but he lightweight divisions 135 pounds yeah but he's not a skinny dude he's very lean muscle he's so fast uh, seems to be actually very humble for such a following
0: yeah he does mm-hmm. I and i know as well. yeah
1: he likes to Maybe be a bit pompous at times like many people do on social media but he uh seems like a good kid and funny thing funny enough actually so he's a mexican-american boxer his trainer is mexican and his trainer speaking spanish to him and his dad's actually there to translate because he doesn't actually know spanish really yeah yeah so he just seems in,
0: really inefficient
1: yeah grew up in california um to mexican parents but never learned spanish so interesting but it's why would you hire <laughs> A well he's spanish one of the, i think coach. he's one of the best uh the name okay. is eluding me right now but he's a he's a world-class trainer out okay. of mexico so that's why but it, it was actually hilarious at first i was like i heard it i was in the i was looking in the corner and it was just the guy talking in spanish and then his dad was saying the same like something in english and i could pick up some words i was like okay like he's just repeating them and then they they went back to the answers like yeah his dad's translating for me he never actually learned spanish I, I was like that is very very strange that's
0: weird especially because there's time limits in like the corners and stuff like that right like you, yeah. you can sit there to have a full conversation be like oh, okay i'm ready to go for round three now like it's not how it works yeah no that doesn't but, seem like the most efficient way to go about it but no it sounds
1: like it's working for well, him. Well, you think maybe like after this fight he's going to take it upon himself to, but he's had this trainer for multiple fights for years i think No, why hasn't he's he mod- had for three fights that's so over the of the, yeah over a year and a half so uh you'd think he'd take it upon himself just to learn some spanish in his free time yeah but, who knows, man? Who knows? But he's actually, yes, yeah, the new age of fighter. This is actually the perfect cultivation of you know joining boxing, the sport with a social media presence, right? That's what people mm-hmm. have talked about with Jake, the Paul brothers. They're not actually boxers, but they bring that social media edge. And now you have a guy, Ryan Garcia, who, in all honesty, could be a generational boxer. He's that yep. good, he's that fast. And if he keeps improving, he has a good head on his shoulders. And he already has that social media following. I think he has a YouTube original series. I haven't watched it yet. I I plan on watching it. Anyone go check that out if you're interested in learning more about him. Um, You know, we've never seen something like this. So like for him to be able to bring this traction to a sport, maybe young people watching the sport just from social media, like, you know what, I'll tune in for a sport because it's on DAZN. It's like 20 bucks a month for DAZN. You get all the Premier League games, like different types of soccer. Yeah, you get NFL zone, red zone. Uh, you get boxing events you get everything and, and the fight was on there like i wonder how many people actually tuned in i haven't looked at the numbers but it's it's exciting to see this this next generation of boxer
0: yeah it's it's definitely exciting to see kind of a sport that's lost its touch lately um i don't think is there's really been as much of a, a presence in boxing like you don't really have those big names like muhammad Ali and floyd Mayweather's. i mean he still fights a little bit but i don't know if He's as entertaining and drew the crowd that he once did right so yeah it's it's definitely a good kickstart for boxing to get uh get the ball rolling again
1: yeah him and canelo alvarez and alvarez is a bit of a mentor to him obviously they fight in different divisions alvarez is in the uh middleweight division i believe but um and you have him in the lightweight but it's it's interesting you know i mean you have those two guys and you know he's 30 canelo but he's still the face of boxing right now and then you have a younger Possibly generational talent Ryan Garcia coming up, so the sport's really changing, and it's it's really exciting to see. Even if you're not into boxing, check out Ryan Garcia, and you might honestly be into boxing because it's it's awesome.
0: Yeah, hey, he's a cool guy to follow. Good story.
1: So after after the fight, I was actually watching the World Juniors game. That's probably what you were watching when you're saying you're watching a sporting event because it just ended uh, into the first period of the of the Canada game. But I was watching the World Juniors, and have you seen this this snowman Tim Hortons ad? This terrible snowman ad.
0: No, I see you made a note of it though and uh, run me through it. I don't think I've, I don't really pay attention during ads anymore. I just kind of go on my phone or something. Maybe it's just
1: like the business side of me. I like to, I watch ads and I kind of dissect them a lot of the time to see if they're effective and whether it sounds so nerdy, but like whatever their demographic is. And if I'm in that demographic to see if it actually would capture me, you know what I mean? Yeah. And Tim Hortons obviously has a large demographic. Most of Canada falls within demographic. So a lot of their ads stem around multiculturalism and all this stuff, which is great. You know, Canada, part of Canada's beauty is the multiculturalism for sure. And that's not the part of the ad that I'm, I'm kind of taking the piss about because they have these snowmen and they have all these people in different cultures dressing up the snowmen in the garb of their, of their culture. So you have, you know, Indians doing it and, and whatever. And it's great. Phenomenal. The part that, that got me. Okay. The part that got me is that so if, for you, for those of you who don't know, I'm like half Scottish, both my, my mom's parents are from Scotland. And so they have these two Scottish kids playing out in the snow, they dress up their, their snowman in a, in a kilt. And then it just so happens that this is apparently, this is apparently what Scottish people do in Canada. So it's like minus whatever weather freezing cold outside. So they put the kilt on and there's these two kids, Scottish kids dancing in kilts in, in the snow. Are I you just got kidding to- me?
0: I'm watching the ad on my phone right now and I just got to it. This is the most,
1: like, what, what's <laughs> going on? Are you kidding on? me? Like, under, like w- what's uh, this advertising? I'm, like, I'm not throwing out whatever term. Like, it wouldn't even be cultural appropriation, but it's just, it's so far-fetched. It's such a reach. Like, bugger off, honestly. You're, Have like, you ever seen
0: uh, people in kilts? No. Uh, it looked like they were, like, top dancing or something behind a snowman.
1: I think the only First time I've ever seen someone in kilts in Canada is a wedding. Sorry to cut you off.
0: Yeah, I think I've seen a kilt maybe once or twice at like Remembrance Day or something like that. Oh, exactly. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, this like this ad is it's definitely not advertising Tim Hortons. The only thing that's Tim Hortons about the whole thing is probably I'm getting into the last 10 seconds of the ad here. Maybe it's going to have the Tim Hortons logo sprayed across it. We're all made of the same snow. All right. That's very nice. Happy holidays, Tim Hortons. So it's that's that's
1: i don't know it's like it's a good message it, but a, a abysmal delivery on some of those i was like
0: yeah bad delivery but yeah absolutely like it's portraying inclusivity and uh, basically what we all love about canada is that mm-hmm. there's so many different cultures and so many different people here and it's something to be celebrated for sure but that ad sucked
1: oh it, it just it didn't even piss me off in the sense of yeah you know, i'm gonna punch a hole in the wall. it just rubbed <laughs> me the wrong way i was like just just come on
0: yeah yeah, it's I like, good. Me. Thank
1: God I'm a Starbucks guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's why you're living in your parents' basement cuz you buy too much Starbucks.
1: Well, yeah, I don't have a Tim Hortons within walking distance, only Starbucks is, so I don't I don't have that car. I can't afford the uh, the car insurance, <laughs> but speaking of car insurance, we got some sexist car insurance in Ontario and I've pulled up I think some that like on Not quite everywhere, and we're going to get into that. Oh, yeah, okay. I've, I've done my research on this cuz it actually it's pissed me off for a few years. So, I'm excited just to give a rundown here on car insurance in Ontario. So in Ontario, insurance companies are allowed to set your rates based on your age, gender, marital status, driving record, the kind of vehicle you drive, where you live, your annual mileage, and whether you're using a car for business or pleasure, okay? So to you and I being in Ontario, we're kind of used to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and essentially with the uh, act- actuarial, I believe it's pronounced actuarial, I've always had a hard time pronouncing the word, but actuarial, so essentially you need to prove, these insurance companies have to prove through actuarial science, that all of these things, including age and gender, impact how much the company pays in claims. Okay, so technically, if it's under actuarial science, they can prove it, it's not illegal, it's not discriminatory. However, in Canada, insurance rules vary by province. Okay, and in British Columbia, Saskatchewan and Manitoba, which are all government-run insurance companies, or insurances rather, don't use age or gender at all when setting the rates. Now, if you look in 2014, the most recent year with a detailed report, 5.2%, so 260,000 ish drivers out of nearly 5 million male drivers got into accidents. Whereas with female drivers, 2.9% or 137,000 out of 4.7 million. Okay. And then if you bring that even further down, if you look at just drivers between age 21 and 24, the numbers are a bit closer. So you had 5.5% for men and 4.17% for women. And in 2011, actually, this so will wrap it up because I want to talk about if it's discriminatory or not. So in 2011, the European Court of Justice banned insurance companies there from using gender to set insurance rates, ruling really that the practice was discriminatory. Okay, but in Ontario, it's not government run, right? It's it's private public companies that are doing our insurance or in auto insurance. So the the problem here is, essentially, through that they're allowing actuarial science to dictate that it's not discriminatory because they're somehow proving that it actually does affect the cost of their claims. Now, what do you think on this before I dive into a little bit deeper?
0: Those are some good stats. I love stats, but my main takeaway from that is I saw we were going to talk about this. So I asked my sister what she pays in insurance. So she splits her time between Hamilton. She goes to McMaster as well as uh, like Bruce County, where I'm from. Mm -hmm. So when her car is registered, she drives like 2015 Chevy Cruze or something like that. Just not too expensive of a car, like pretty moderate as far as whips go. She pays $130 a month when it's in Bruce County and $180 a month when it's in Hamilton. She's got a clean record, never got a ticket or anything like that. And then my insurance. So I'm uh, three years, two or three years older than her. And my insurance is so much more than that. So. When I had my truck, I was paying $250 a month in insurance. I don't have a single ticket. I'm 23 years old. I've been driving since I was 16. And I don't have a single ticket. Like, why was I paying so much in insurance? And then when I moved my truck from Windsor to back to Bruce County as well, I started paying, I think it was uh two one ninety, 190, one hundred ninety-five, I think, a month in uh in car insurance. So it's just even where you're living, it's it's crazy the difference between Windsor insurance and Bruce County insurance. There's so many different variables that insurance companies are allowed to let uh, basically impact the price. Like my premium this year went up, my insurance went up, uh, I think it was $660 over the entire course of the year. And I didn't get a ticket last year. Like I had a perfectly clean driving record. Why is my insurance going up? Yeah. When I saw that, I was shocked because I thought like, all right, cool. I had another clean year driving. My insurance is going to go down, but it went up. I was like, where is this coming from? Like, how does it make any sense? So I actually did a bit more research into the insurance thing, uh, like last year, and I guess like premiums have gone up across the board, like monthly rates and stuff. Everyone's paying more for insurance, and the government or, or not the government, the insurance companies are just basically able to set their rate at whatever they want to set it at, and either you pay it or tough luck, you're not driving. So it's uh, it's definitely an industry where I'd like to see a little bit more government control, because I think we are seeing abuse by the insurance companies. There's no reason why I should be paying $250 a month for car insurance when I've never been, I've never gotten a ticket. Like yeah. I never, never run a red light, never got in a and ticket in my life. I've been driving for seven years. Uh, I've been in two accidents, neither of which were at fault, though, which I think is important to note there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't control if other people hit my car. Like why, I don't know if that's a reason why my insurance is more expensive, but even if it is that onus shouldn't come down on me, like, what do you want me to do? Just not drive? Because if I don't drive, then people aren't going to hit my car, but then why am I paying insurance? Like there's some big issues as far as Ontario goes and uh, insurance goes in Ontario. So,
1: well, you made a good point. You talked about how there's not enough regulation. These companies kind of set the bar, whatever they want. And it almost seems like some of them are in cahoots, even though that's technically illegal, but it does happen. But it brings me back to British Columbia, Saskatchewan and Manitoba having government run insurance. Now it's cheaper there. A lot of the time it's cheaper uh, for insurance. And and actually how a lot of these insurance companies make money is not actually through insurance. It's not through claims and collections. Uh, they actually are lenders. Insurance companies are actually very big lenders. Um, so they'll take that money that you give them, you're paying them and they'll lend money. That's how they actually make a lot of their money. It's not, they don't actually make. Substantial because they have a ton money. of cash, right? Yeah, Yeah. So they don't actually make substantial money off of Insurance premiums and whatnot—it's actually based off lending from all the the money that they do get. So, I'm very anti-government ownership of companies. Yeah. I don't think the government should own OLG. I don't think they should own the LCBO. I don't think they should own this or that. There's a small list of companies that are industries that I could see comp, or the government being in, you know, such as hydro and things of that magnitude, right? That were like necessities that make sense yes. to be run there and having fair rates set. Now, insurance, I I actually think is an area that the government should have their hand in because Mm -hmm. as I just said, how insurance companies are making money is by lending. Now, when you get the government involved, they're not gonna be too worried about that, right? The government's not gonna be overly worried about making money off your lending. Public company or government companies and corporations, I don't believe should be for profit. I think they should essentially be running at, at break even as to not cost the taxpayers money, but not to make an excess cash off the taxpayers. That's what taxes are for. I think it's disgusting if they're trying to run a profit and it's, it's government owned. So if you were to take that model and apply it to insurance and car insurance in Ontario, you'd essentially be seeing way lower rates and you'd be seeing more equal rates with no discrimination, whether you believe it to be discrimination, discrimination or not, it's not going to be based off age or gender. So there's no sexism and there's no ageism when it comes to driving. Uh, you know the ageism thing. I wouldn't even call it ageism. It makes sense, right? You're a new driver. Yeah. Uh, You're the new, sexism, right? Yeah. The sexist thing. I that does bug me a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of just grouping everyone together. But yeah, that's kind of my two cents on it. I think it does make sense to to have the government involved in car insurance. Just so some sort of some. regulation, right? Yeah, or at least some some heavy heavy regulation. I'd say because yeah. the idiots are it's it's illegal um, to drive your car without insurance. Yet the government isn't. You know, tr- taking a strong stance and helping regulate the industry in terms of what those actual people have to pay—it doesn't yeah. really make sense. If you if you step back and think about it, it, makes no sense.
0: Yeah, exactly. So the government says, okay, you can't drive your car unless you have insurance, and the insurance company can set the rate at whatever they want.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, sure they'll come back and say, oh, we do work with them to this, that, and the third. But it's, uh, I not seen, I haven't seen anything that's anywhere near enough. And I don't know. With with how everything is going with the government and whatnot, I I don't expect anything to change in that. But yeah, let's move on. Let's move on to something a bit more positive. Um, actually, this isn't positive at all. Talking about <laughs> talking about <laughs> talking about COVID again. And you you made a note about the top, top doctors calling the government to address airborne spread of COVID. It still yeah, is in line with the government trend though. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Keeping on the government, this epi. Uh, Yeah. So it's top doctors and scientists calling the government to address the airborne spread of COVID. Uh, Essentially what they, these doctors and scientists called for was they want to see public facilities with better ventilation and stuff like that. Um, Basically be able to filter through the air more. Uh, And I think it's a little bit late for them to be calling for that.
1: Like, yeah thanks
0: <laughs> yeah th- thanks for that tips uh maybe we could have done that uh, during the first wave and get her set up for the second they're talking about how long-term care homes and like even like public facilities like libraries and town or uh, courthouses and stuff like that should have a you know increased air flow and like better air systems i'm not an hvac guy i don't know what i'm talking about here just basically saying that they need to have uh cleaner air in these public facilities why are you saying that on january 4th 2021 like, we have been in this pandemic for, like, 10 or 11 months now. Let's uh, maybe address that near the start of it. Like, it's what is a new air filtration device going to do in my local hockey arena now? Like, it's going to take so long to get that set up. It's it's an absolute lost cause, and it's too little too late as far as uh, air quality goes. So, it's I just read that. I thought it was interesting.
1: Yeah, no, a little too late. I don't know what it's actually going to do. 'Cause that was yeah. one of the, one of the things, right? If you have a ventilated room, doors open, you have your masks on, you're fine. But now it's of course it's another story, right? And they mm-hmm. just keep saying, Well, we keep learning stuff. It's like, well, you know, up until this point we've been doing that. And now you got this. What's gonna be next? We're gonna have to it's just it's just one thing after another. It's demoralizing to be honest. And especially yeah. with the state of Canada right now and how the government, the federal government screwed us in vaccines and didn't really go after a vaccine like they should have and we don't even know if the vaccine is going to work with mutations and we don't know how the blueprints we went over last episode if you didn't catch it about the vaccine and you know the blueprints that they're going to be putting in you with the vaccine who knows if that blueprint's going to change with a mutation right that's yeah, exactly. gonna work. so it's just kind of one thing after another and it's demoralizing but i don't know i don't the
0: know the government's taken a really reactive stance to issues they have yet to been proactive in my opinion about a single thing that's happened during the pandemic like there's really been no level of you know thinking ahead they're just thinking about okay this is what's happening right now we need to react to that okay airborne uh droplets of COVID are spreading okay we need new filters new air filters like why didn't we I read an article like six months ago that COVID could spread via airborne means. Why wasn't this brought up six months ago? Then as soon as you hear that, that's gotta be a red flag. Be like, okay, if it can linger in the air, that's gotta be an issue. We gotta get that air filtered somehow, right? So they basically wasted six months of not doing anything to now they're calling on the government to do something. Like it's too little, too late probably.
1: No, seriously, seriously. who knows, we're going to get back to doing anything, man. I'm, I'm kind of glad that we're actually done. Like, it's sad to, to reminisce, right? And think about university and how, how much fun we had. But at the same time, I feel so bad for these kids that are in university and, and like, you know, first, second year, especially. And they're trying to get their wits about them and, and have fun and whatnot. And who knows how long this is going to last, right? Yeah. And to think back to the fun that we've had, and they're not really going to be able to experience that on the same level. I just think back to that St. Patty's day party that we had a few years ago. Dude, that was so sick. I Love that. That was fun. And like for the, for those of you uh, listening, we went to the University of Windsor and uh, you know, we made the most of Windsor, we had yeah. a lot of Americans come over the border and, and downtown was pretty fun on most mm-hmm. nights. Downtown was fun. It was hit or miss some nights, but for, for the most part, if you're on a weekend, you're going to have a good night. There's going to be a lot of people and it's going to be fun, yeah. but in terms of the party life at the school. Uh, I think 70% at the time were local students, right? 70%. Mm -hmm. So the party life wasn't the same. It was, it was a lot different where you have other schools like Laurier and whatnot. You have a lot of people coming in and you Mm -hmm. have those student ghettos. We just lived in a straight old ghetto with like, you know, normal people. (laughs) It wasn't a student ghetto, it was just the ghetto. Yeah. And near the university and whatnot, but a bunch of students, but it wasn't just students. So it was a bit different, but we, we decided one year for St. Patty's at our house. We said, you know what, let's have a party. Let's try and and change this a little bit. Right. Yeah. And we, we promoted it and whatnot. We had a DJ out back in our back alley and we had a decent turnout, especially for Windsor. We had a mm-hmm. pretty decent turnout and the cops showed up. They had the vans and everything like bunch of cops telling us to bugger off and whatnot. And I actually remember that day, the funniest story I have out of that day is, is one of our buddies. I'm not going to name, him. I'm not going to name him. Cause this story is just it would make them flush if you heard this. Listen to the podcast. So <laughs> in our house, we had a washroom, basement washroom, top floor it didn't have one on the main floor. So when we had this party, people had to use one or the other. And yeah, who wanted to go down to a grimy basement where like Bray nine lived? You know, it's a bit dirty <laughs> down there. So a lot of people went to the ma- upstairs washroom. And we—I'd actually—I re- was a scumbag too. I'd like redirect people to the upstairs. They'd be like, "Where's the washroom?" And yeah, I'd just go up the stairs <laughs> or of the hallway. It's like oh, I, your I just to, you know, mitigate the uh, the damage and dirt and debris in my washroom. So one of our buddies went up there and you know, mid party has to take a dump. So (laughs) like already a greaseball move, but if you gotta go, you gotta go. Even though he lived like three blocks away and could have walked home. Maybe the turtle was popping. turtle. I don't know
0: (laughs) when you gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah.
1: So he went upstairs and he took a dump and the guys living upstairs didn't leave anything in the washroom besides toothbrush. They had all their clones and everything in their rooms, all deodorants, and everything in their rooms. Just how, that's how they got ready. They shower, hop out of the shower, brush their teeth, and they go to the room and get ready in the mirror or whatever. They have big rooms. There. Yeah. So he goes in there, he takes a dump and he's just washing his hands. And all of a sudden he hears like a bunch of girls outside the door, the washroom door. And he's like freaking out because he takes <laughs> a, He takes a whiff and he's like, this is like the stinkiest shit ever. So he's freaking out. He's panicking. Obviously, he starts looking around the washroom. He's like, is there Febreze? Is there poopery? Like, is there cologne? Like, what is there? There's not even a cabinet in this like dungeon of a washroom. So he starts freaking out, like wiping the sweat off his brow. You know what he does? He sits on our bathroom, our bathtub, cracks the window a bit and he starts smoking darts in the washroom. He starts smoking darts in the washroom. <laughs> And I, I don't know how many he smoked. I want to say he smoked like two, three darts. He's just sitting. these girls are like, what is taking so long? What is taking so long? Hurry up, like hitting the door like, oh, my God. And he's like fucking freaking out. He's like one dart didn't do it. Two darts didn't do it. Three darts. OK, it's like starting on to smell like a fucking like just dump in here. And um, he, he finally gets up and he cracks the door and he just skirts on by like nothing happened. It's light. Just reeks of darts. I, I actually don't know if he left the darts in the bathtub. He may have left the darts in the bathtub too.
0: He was ashing it out in the sink and just, just left the ash in the sink.
1: Just dirty, but uh no, it, it was it was a hilarious story. I think when you were laughing, your internet actually dropped a bit and I could see you laughing on the camera, but it was like awkward for me telling the story because it was silent <laughs> i'm like i don't like these people listening are like oh man zach doesn't even think this is a funny story like this guy's an idiot telling no dude i love that story it's not the
0: story i thought you were going with no. uh i'm not day but that was a good story yeah. i forgot all about that yeah, you,
1: yeah you, ducked ducked you ducked out i was like man he's like he's laughing so hard right now but i can't hear it i can't <laughs> hear it i started freaking out
0: no that's national league uh if yeah if you don't have febreze just smoke a couple cigarettes and it uh it has the same effect so yeah good to go but it worked it worked when when you mentioned the cops showing up to that party it made it reminded me of uh i think it was our saint Pat's party the next year because we hosted it the year after yeah i don't think i, I was yeah you were gone you were,
1: i was at uh, were I was at, or something uh, like that no no i was at uh, ezra and at at loria
0: oh, okay yeah sick move all right whatever Anyways, we, uh, we had to host the party this year and it was going good. You know, can't, dr- uh, can't drink all day unless you start in the morning. So yep. wake up 8am, a m., couple of melatonins the night before, because <laughs> our sleep cycle did not allow for a, an 8am wake up on most days. Yeah. I mean, cheese would wake up 4pm most days. So <laughs> yeah, we popped a couple of melatonins, got a good night's rest, woke up. Uh, I have a bedside fridge. So most people have a bedside table. I just toss a fridge next to my bed. I remember I uh, cracked a twist of tea, went into Cheddar's room. He had a Corona going. It was, it was all going great, right? And the party progressed, and uh, probably the most people that I've seen, in a in our in a single building at one point ever in my life.
1: Yes.
0: I think between our house and like the neighbor's house and like the street and stuff like that, we probably had, I'd say about four hundred people there. Um, so the numbers were good. We should have charged two bucks.
1: Yeah, should
0: have yeah. charged entry. Lost revenue there. But, uh, obviously, the cops show up, and uh, I mean, that's to be expected, right? You know, we're we're not doing anything wrong. We're just drinking, and there's a ton of people, right? But you expect stuff to potentially go wrong. So they came as a, a preactive or proactive measure. And uh, the cops basically were like, all right, yeah, let's get everyone home and we're we're done, right? It's it's like six o'clock. Like, yeah,'ll yeah, I'll help you. like let's get everybody out of here. They've had their fun. We've had our fun time to you know, go rest up before the bars or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we were kicking everybody out. And then uh, this one cop, we get the SWAT guys at our house. Like we don't get the the normal Windsor police. We get the guys that are wearing like the gray uniforms and stuff. There's the same that came to uh, yep yep two years St. Pat's party. And uh, this one guy in the Windsor police. So just the standard police outfit, he goes, Oh, what's your landlord's name? And I go like Kevin flood. He's like, what's his cell phone number? I was like, It's right there if you want it. And then this, uh, this veteran cop comes up and he taps the buddy on his shoulder. And he's like, don't worry about these guys. They're good shit. And I was like, (laughs) I love you. I love you. So yeah, these cops will like come to our house before and they like remembered, uh, who we are and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, you don't have to worry about these guys. Like they're, uh, they're responsible. They've always been cooperative and stuff. And then our landlord shows up an hour later. So I guess that cop did worry. Was your landlord pissed? Uh, I told him, I said to him, Flutter, you know what? Yeah, it's a little messy. Nothing's broken, though. Come back tomorrow at the same time. or can come back tomorrow morning, and uh, you can walk through the house. And if there's any damages, we're paying for it, which I know is a – we knew it was a risk, right? Whenever you have people over in your house, mm-hmm. stuff can get we broken. We had damage
1: in our house, so i actually <laughs> – this hilarious.
0: was there a broken door
1: perhaps yep yeah and then you had the <laughs> same thing i would do we had one of the people living at our house kick our own my washroom door in for no reason and then yeah because
0: a- it smelled like cigarettes yeah <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> yeah no, but we had someone put a beer bottle in our washing machine and run it which was a bit <laughs> I-, I didn't even understand that i was like that's just a next level of degenerate to do that
0: yeah, I remember I went to a party and there was a Corona bottle in, uh this was at my old neighbor's house. We were good friends with him. So it was like the next day we we're just like hanging out, helping him clean up. And there's like a Corona bottle in the fish tank. <laughs> like, who put <laughs> just the stuff people do sometimes when they're, uh, you know, under the influence of alcohol is is a little bit wild. But, yeah,
1: darts after a dump to like beer bottles and fish tanks, washing machines, yeah. and doors kicked in.
0: There's, there's some weird stuff going on. But yeah, our, our landlord came back the next day and he's like, yeah, it looks good. Yeah, it was spotless. That's the one thing. We throw parties, but we would clean them up and we'd make sure there's no damage or anything like that. Somebody did steal our Brita one. So that was kind of upsetting.
1: Oh, that's a scumbag move, dude.
0: Yeah. I hope they used it because I that, that filter probably hadn't been changed in like two and a half, three years. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, jokes man. on them. Yeah, seriously, no. But uh, I'm trying to think if we had anything taken from our house ever. People would take shoes. Like, sometimes, like, I'd have my shoes taken. I just had, they'd leave me with one shoe. <laughs> I don't know happened- if that's an
0: accident, though. Yeah, I no, remember, I know. like, one day, I was, I, who was, I don't know, we were at some guy's house on the hockey team, and I accidentally wore his shoes home. And I, like, texted yeah. him the next day. I was like, we had, like, the exact same pair of shoes. And I was like, dude, I think I have your shoes. And he's like, I definitely have your shoes. And I was like, all right, we'll do a swap. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I think I usually locked my room and just like, or I always it's locked my room, but I threw shit in there.
0: It's because we're so polite as Canadians. We take our shoes off when we enter a house and then there's just a pile of, you know, dude, that's such way a too point. many shoes.
1: Such a good point with with the the shoes though. It's disgusting to wear your shoes in the house, right? So I was in when I was in Europe living in France. So I always took my shoes off right when I got in my, my flat and I yeah. kept it clean because I'd walk around barefoot and then hop into bed barefoot. I wanted my feet to be relatively clean. Okay, makes sense sounds that doesn't sound crazy to anyone right now and whenever i had friends come over they just wear their shoes in my apartment Hmm. all all of them did and and it'd be too late like they'd walk in strolling through my apartment like dirt on the floor like just came from a nightclub like it's disgusting it's disgusting should just go there walking through my apartment it's like guys take your fucking shoes off of the door pardon the language pardon my french but uh ridiculous Ridiculous. Drove me up the wall. Thank God I'm back in Canada. Like, if, if one of my parents walks through the house a little bit with their shoes on, like they forgot something, I, I have a coronary. Like, yeah. Why, what is do, you do you guys doing? I don't pay yeah, any bills. My... I live here for free, but what are you doing?
0: <laughs> guys, you're messing up my house. Come on. Let's yeah. get it under control here. <laughs> but Yeah, that's uh, especially like bar shoes. Like If you're wearing oh. bar shoes in somebody else's house, it like...
1: You could catch a disease if you, if you were, like m.
0: the bottom of the shoe after the bar. Yeah, there's like they're sticky. It's just... Oh you don't you don't go to a bar for the sanitation which is no. why they're shut down due to COVID. it's no, dude, uh, yeah. take your shoes off folks take your shoes off
1: speaking of uh speaking of nightclubs tunes what are you listening to right now give me a song that you've been bumping
0: oh you know what i heard uh some nickelback the other day uh in, like the warm-ups for the world juniors i was like oh, my god i think it was um Uh, My first ever concert was Nickelback. If you don't like Nickelback, you're lying to yourself. It was Burn It to the Ground, which is such a gnash. I'm going to play like five seconds of it. That's it. That's all you guys get to hear. What a copyright strike. Yeah, exactly. We just got sued by Nickelback. Uh,
1: it also sounded like it was like out of a fucking washing machine though, so we're good. Perfect. <laughs> so that's, what,
0: that's what I was going for. I wanted to distort a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, that's Burn It to the Ground by Nickelback and that's definitely not what I'm bumping right now, but it just got me thinking of like how good Nickelback is just as like to fire you up before anything. Um, as far as songs right now that I've been bumping, Astronaut in the Ocean by Masked Wolf which is... I have you heard of that to, song?
1: So you're going to have to send it to me after.
0: Yeah, I will. I'll send it to you literally right now so I don't forget, but it's a it's a sick song. It's, I think it might have started like, or picked up popularity on TikTok, but it's sick.
1: That is a what banger. About you? What That's you a got? I'm actually going a bit mainstream of my pick. Um, JB dropped a new song, and I've been vibing to it. it. I knew it was going to be JB. What song? So good. Anyone. He just dropped it. It's... Uh, it's fire, man. I'm not, uh, I'm not an emotional guy, but you know, the boys know I like some emotional tunes.
0: Got you in the feels, eh?
1: And that hit, hell, that hit Diffy, as Cheese would say, that hit Diffie. That hey, hit Diffie. Um, who else have I been listening to? I don't know. I like, I like kind of just ripping Spotify Discovery. And, and here's a pro tip. Here's a pro tip for Spotify. Don't, don't just use your Discover Weekly to find a music. So if you have a playlist you really like, go to the bottom and usually they have the suggestions to add that similar yep. type of playlist. Listen to those songs and then just refresh whatever you like, refresh. And dude, you're coming. gonna find some absolute bangs in there. Like you're that gonna is find a veteran some absolute, move. yeah, you're gonna find absolute tunes in there. Um, there's another song I've been bumping called Aliens Need Love Too. It's Astronauts by, and Aliens. Yep, it's by Flake and Mercedes the Virus. Okay i literally still don't know who they are but it's yeah it's i definitely a, don't know who they are it's a dope song also what it to genre you uh it's kind of like i don't know it's like alternative r&b kind of shit i don't oh, know Oh, it thick. sounds vibey like the first minute is like spanish guitar and then you okay. got like a little bit of like um what's it what's it called like uh, over auto tuned voice for like a split second, like a couple lines. And then it goes into like the normal singing voice and it's just like, it slaps, dude. It's like, it slaps.
0: I got to check it out. What is it again?
1: Aliens Need Love too.
0: Aliens Need Love too. All right. I got it right here. I'm going to, I think we should wrap up here so I can go listen to the song. You got anything else you want to chat about today?
1: No, no, I think we're good. I'm probably going to go bump anyone by JB and...
0: uh, Astronauts in the Ocean by Masked Wolf. Throw it on literally as soon as we uh, stop the record button here. All right. So I guess uh, I will see you in the next one. Absolutely. See you for F All right. See ya.